Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft merch and custom apparel and merch. I swear I'll get their name right one of these days. I love those guys. They're great folks. Just got a new jacket from them. Uh, y- you know, I listen, guys, I was, o- I was at the national championship game. It was cold. I had on a Bethel of Kansas sweater, and I was getting the strangest looks. Uh, and, and so I came back, and I said, guys, I got to get a jacket. Not only did they send me a jacket, they sent me a nice tote bag, too. These guys are the best. They're the bomb diggity. We love them. But you didn't hear come here to hear me just go on and on about our sponsors. You heard you came to hear me talk to Big Shadow Mike Jasper, head coach of the Bethel Wildcats. Coach, I don't think you're ever gonna get rid of that nickname. I can't, Corey. It stuck with me. Heck yeah, Coach. Man, what what a um it, it's a, it really is a re- good year for Bethel. I know it doesn't end the way you want it to, but, man, that regular season, that's, that's a really nice feather in your cap. Um, but, you know, for, for going through the season, you, you take down Lindsey Wilson, you take down Georgetown, um, you take down Ryan Hart. You know, really just a fantastic season, and... At halftime of your first game in the playoffs, you're up 17-7. to You're probably feeling good. Kaiser is a running team. Yeah, they can come back, but, yeah, you know, you, you kind of feel good. And then the second half starts. Talk, talk to me, Coach. Well, first off, Corey, it was, it was a great year. Uh, proud of our guys. Um, phenomenal, historic season. Uh, for Bethel history. So I'm proud of w- what we were able to accomplish. But at the end of the year, there's only one uh, truly happy coach. Um, and that wasn't us this year. Um, going into halftime, I-, I wouldn't say that I felt good. Um, we were not executing uh, to the best of our ability. And uh, Doug Soche always has those guys ready to play. Um, you know, Kaiser was a phenomenal football team. Uh, we, won't, we won't get into the ranking system and all that, but I believed if there was one team in the playoffs um, that was comparable to us, it was Kaiser. And I knew that going into it once we, we knew who we were going to face that first week. So I, I, at no point in time um, did I feel like that game was over until that, to that final horn blew. And that's the type of team that Kaiser is. And they, they continue to show it throughout the playoffs, um, the way they play Morningside and so on and so forth. So, um yeah, it didn't end the way we needed to. I think we needed to punch the ball in on the one-yard line, and maybe um, that you know solidifies the game, puts that nail in the coffin. But we didn't get it done, and they did. Yeah, I'm I'm always I'm always a fan of going forward on fourth and one generally. And and folks might tell me I'm crazy, and I'm and I'm too uh, uh, 
too aggressive on that. But man, if you can't make third and fourth and one, man, you then then you you don't deserve to to win that that game off that. You know, absolutely. You got gotta gotta have those. But you know, I looking back at the at you know ju- the schedule, and and I'm just floored. I mean, I gotta admit, I don't. Re- think I had Bethel I think I had y'all in the top 25 but I don't I know I didn't have you that high uh in in there and man just what a great season you win at Georgetown at Lindsey Wilson man you had to go play at the two toughest teams in your conference against uh, you know look Lindsey had a great defense and you're you're not going to get anything past Chris Oliver um so Talk to me about your your uh, road warriors there. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough tough opponent. I, I mean, people will argue with me. I think the Mid South, uh, top to bottom, is the toughest conference in NAIA football. Um, just the caliber, you know, of, of teams and the caliber of coaches that we have here, um, and then obviously the the landscape, the kids that we're recruiting. Uh, they're just, I mean, phenomenal programs. Uh, so we knew it was going to be a tough schedule. Um, outside of Kaiser, I think we had the toughest schedule in AI. Um, you know, Chris Oliver is, you know, legendary already. Um, he's still, you know, stacking them on. Um, and then Phil Kleckler was, is a phenomenal defensive mind. Um, so I knew Lindsey Wilson wasn't going to miss much of a beat at all, uh, which they really didn't. Um, so, we, we, you know, our guys, you know, it's a credit to the kids. They were locked in this year. They knew the task at hand with a grueling schedule ahead. Um, they came in in the fall, locked in, ready to go, and, and built on what we had built in the spring. Um, so, you know, there, there really wasn't a – it was one of those seasons where it really wasn't a point in time outside of Reinhardt because you can't – you know, James Miller and those guys too, you know, Reinhardt's a, mm-hmm. a force to be reckoned with. We had to go on the road and play them and probably what was our – it's always our, our most physical and toughest matchup. Uh, James is a heck of a coach. He's a tough ball coach, and his program reflects that. So – um, honestly, I think going to Reinhardt kind of set the tone, um, you know, getting getting kicked in the teeth that first drive offensively for them kind of set our defensive pads like, hey, it ain't going to be a cakewalk. Um, and then, you know, toughen that game out um, and then, you know, figuring out how to execute against really good defenses um, served us well going into Georgetown. And then obviously, you know, Campbellsville. Uh, you know, people, you know, overlooked that game. Campbellsville, we came out and we, we were rocking against them. And Coach Perry, he, he had uh, – Perry Thomas had those guys rocking and rolling, um, and, and they were able to, you know, add some adversity to our uh, to our road test as well. So going into Lindsay, we felt fairly confident um, that we would we were battle-tested and ready to go. Well, Coach, I'm, I'm going to step away from, from Bethel here for a moment to, to talk about another program that's – it's going to be near and dear to both of our hearts. And, and uh, you know, just talking about the kind of the mini NAI coaching staff they're building over at North Alabama with Coach Deerman. Uh, there's their head coach. And then the, uh, I believe the special teams coordinator uh, is, is a Bethel guy as, as well. Defensive coordinator comes from Mary, and they've got a couple of GAs that are NAI background. We're going to have to root for North Alabama next year, aren't we? No doubt, big time, man. I, I love those guys. And- uh, another Bethel guy that's fired up, and I, he'll he'll be watching this. Is a uh, you know Hunter Flippo. He's from Florence. He was one of Deerman's old linemen here at Bethel. 
Um, so they're fired up. I, I, I can't wait to watch those guys and uh, watch Deerman restore that roar over there. And, you know, I'm fired up for him. And Luke is a dear friend of mine. We played ball together, um, Luke Roth, and I'm, I'm really excited. And I love that Brent, um, he did that, that he got some NAIA guys because we, we can coach some ball. Uh, and I don't think people really realize uh, the level of coaching that actually goes on at this level. Um, it, it is uh, for the ones that are doing it the right way. Um, you wear a lot of hats, and uh, we coach some darn good football and some darn good football players. Um, and I mean, if you don't believe that, you can look at Jordan Langs and, and the move that he just made. I mean, Jordan is a phenomenal football coach, and I love what Matt Campbell's doing there with that D3 mod. I think everybody on that staff, Jordan was telling me, either played or coached Division three football. And that's what's got to happen. Um, you know, I love coaching NAI football, but if somebody desires to go to that NCAA to FBS level, uh, it's going to take guys like Jordan and guys like Brent to reach down and really pull these great coaches up. But at the end of the day, I think NAI has a phenomenal product as well. Look, I mean, the, the reality of the situation is if someone, I mean, heck, even someone who's usually on the, the, the bottom end of, of a Power 5 conference, if Wake Forest comes calling, and uh, for, for most of these coaches in the NAI, look, if Wake Forest comes calling and says, hey, we, got a, we have a coaching on-field coaching position for you, we want you, uh, when do I start is the, is the uh, response to that. I mean, there's, that's nothing against the NAI, but that is the quality of coach that you can make that jump and still – be all right with that oh absolutely i think at that point it, you know i never um compare the actual coaching ability or the opportunity because we're all blessed we're mm -hmm. coaching football um you're doing what you love and you're, you're extremely blessed whatever level you're doing it at. and at, at, whether it be high school middle school you're impacting your lives and you're coaching football you're blessed but uh from a financial standpoint i think yeah if, if any, any you know, Wake Forest comes calling, they're offering you, you know, mid six figures, you're going to take it, take care of your family. I don't think it really has anything to do with the NCAA product versus the NAI product. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree on. Uh, yeah, you, you got to take care of your family and, and cement your, your legacy, not only, uh, you know, at that point, it's not only about football, you're cementing your legacy for generations to come of your family and putting and, and changing your family tree. And that's that's all there is to it about about that. Let's get back to let's get back to on the field real quick. You've got a host of uh, folks coming back on the offensive side of the football for you, whether it be Joaquin Colazzo, a quarterback uh, who really had a nice season, uh, 29 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, you know, anytime you can be almost uh, 30 touchdowns with and not e and not scratch double digit picks. We'll be all right with that. 9.3 yards per attempt is, is real nice. Tells me you're pushing the ball down the field, which is kind of easy when you got folks like J.D. Dixon and Avant Burris that are coming back here along with Terrence Roberts in the backfield. And, of course, you know, we can't go in and not mention the O-line. You've got a first-team all-mid-south offensive lineman Jackson Surratt coming back to anchor that line. Talk to me about your, your offense and getting even better in 2023. I'm excited about it. Joaquin is um, he's a much better leader than he is a football player and he's a darn good football player. Um, so I'm excited to have that. Um, he, he's smart, obviously takes care of the football, gets our offense 
uh, in the right plays. He's a, he's probably, you know a quarterback that we can trust to do that. Um, but you know, it's it's like this week, the first week back, we're at the convention, and I get a call. Hey, coach, can you call security? And I call security. Hey, what's going on? Hey, yeah, your quarterback wants to get out on the field. He's got about thirty players with him. Um, he's that type of a leader. Um, so obviously, I told him, yeah, open the gate. Starting quarterback wants the field open. You open it. Uh, but he, he's coming back. JD will be back. Um, you know, uh, you know, Joaquin. And going back to that, those guys. It's funny. He had such a great year passing the ball, and you know, I think what was wild is he's the first one to tell you we need to run the ball better. Uh, he, so he's very unselfish in that in that fact. And we'll, we'll get T. Rob going. Um, you know, and Avant Burris is a twitchy, uh, stellar athlete. You know, JD, another phenomenal leader, um, dynamic football player. Um, glad you know he was injured half the season. Um, so excited to see what he does now that he's back full go, and, and we can keep him healthy healthy next year. Um, and then Surratt, we're excited about it. We had some young offensive linemen. Um, that are going to be back, and Dylan Morales will be back. Uh, Amir Johnson, uh, Logan Davis was a transfer from Warner um, that suffered an injury. He, you know, so he didn't really play at all this year, um, and he's a starter starter out of our league. So excited to get the O line going and being able to run the ball a lot better. Um, but definitely a lot of dynamic athletes. Defense is a little bit of a of a different story there. Looking at it, you you lose. Uh, two defensive linemen that were all conference and Daryl Middleton and Nick Andrews. You lose a couple of all uh, first team all conference defensive backs in Brandon Moore and uh, Devious Chrisman, along with uh, standout defensive backs Vontae Bates and Kalen Warren. And you lose your leading tackler in Jacoby Griffin uh, with 106 tackles there. Man, you, you got to go a little next man up this next year, don't you? Yeah, that is, that's what we got to do. And what was great what was great is we had those guys with phenomenal leadership and they had some backups that they were so dominating at times this year. We were able to get some glimpses of those younger guys that are going to step up and fill those roles. You know, returning Marquise Taylor, uh, signing a couple transfers and then being able to, uh, you know, get uh, uh, Jarius Clark, Jason Clark back out there, um, you know, who was a, a man child on special teams. Um, these guys are hungry. They're, they're, they're ready to go, um, those younger guys. But, you know, I'd be remiss to say that it, it, it's not, it's going to be hard to replace um, the talent that we had defensively. I, I believe we had one of the best defenses in the country, um, you know, and, and it goes to show our defensive coordinator, uh, Chris Springer, is a phenomenal football mind. Um, I, you know, I had to stop a lot of people from poaching him away from us. He, he's very good. But he's also our recruiting coordinator. Um, so I feel fairly confident we'll be able to fill those holes and, and come back even stronger next year. You mentioned AFCA and, and all that goes on there. Um, I remember it was the first offseason uh, after, after our, our, when we really first got going, after that Morningside Benedictine National Championship, and, and Brent Dearman's one of the first guys I, that we have on the show. If you go, if you go uh, flipping back through the archives there and, you know, about a month later, Les Miles says, uh, I want you to come with me to, to Kansas. And uh, I remember being so so shook there that I went back and listened to the whole interview trying to figure out if he knew he was leaving or not. Um, you know, and then you step in, you, you, you've gotten the, the team rallied around you. So, so I'm curious, um, now that you're looking back, you're, you're, you know, you will be five years in, you pretty much, there might be a couple of these uh, COVID super, super seniors that are, that 
still played for Deerman, but for the most part, you've got the entire roster. Um, did you did you feel like it was your team from from day one, or 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 has it kind of been a process to to switch over? Uh, I think more so from a staff standpoint. I think it was a it was not so much my staff uh, starting out, but I loved who I worked with. You know, I was on that staff as the assistant head coach, defensive line coach, strength and conditioning coordinator. Uh, me and Coach Springer and Coach Kincaid had been back at Bethel since 2016, so we were retained. A, a lot of those guys on that 2018 team, uh, we had signed. Um, they were already in place. So uh, Brent came in and revitalized that place, kind of laid a, a, a blueprint, um, and, and, and you know, he, he set the world on fire, so to speak, um, with his RPO at the time. Um, so it was phenomenal. He kind of, you know, and I, I learned a lot from him. I think it was perfect uh, timing in my career to, to link up with Brent and kind of take some nuggets from him and learn, you know, how to kind of mold. He had been under Gus Malzahn. Um, he had been under Raymond Monica, who's a phenomenal coach at the Division II level and has been at the FCS and all kind of levels. So, you know, me coming from the NFL, being around great coaches, but being there as a player, I didn't quite, I didn't quite have that view of things. Um, but, you know, this, you know, it was our team, you know, and that's how I still feel. I don't, you know, it's, it's our football team. It's this entire staff's team. Um, you know, I can't do anything on my own and I don't think any football coach can. So uh, it's our team. Um, it's the kids that we've been signing here and, and the, the foundation we've been laying since 2016. And we finally turned that corner in 2018. But as you can see, we had to we had to reload it in 2019. Um, and I had to I had some, um, you know, you know, I had a learning curve myself. Um, and so did some of my assistant coaches stepping into new roles. But I think now uh, we've got the right guys. Um, leading each position group. Uh, I love my staff. I love it. Uh, we're more like brothers than we are, you know, coworkers. We hang out all the time. Our families kick it. Um, so I do. I feel really well. I feel good about our program, where we're headed, our, our, what we stand on, our, our culture. You know, our culture was just phenomenal this year. And it's like I told the guys last night, you know, your standard stays the same, but your culture changes and has the ability to change daily. Um, so this is a brand new football team. But like I said, the way we were at AFCA, the way those guys were already on the field working on their own, um, the looks in their eyes that, and during our team meeting last night, understanding the standard and the expectations, uh, I feel pretty good moving forward. Just looking back at it, there's some strange mirror kind of mirror image of that 2018 team. First game against uh, against Reinhardt. It's it's a close game. You play at Georgetown. And at Lindsey Wilson, you go 10-0 in the regular season. It's like deja vu all over again. I, di- I didn't realize it was that, that, that similar between the two years until I just looked at it. Yeah, it was. It was very close. And we kind of – that's what was funny. Some of the guys that were here on staff in 2018, we kept looking back like, hey, it, it, it has that feeling, um, even down to the playoff game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even though, you know, it was the last second play against Baker. Baker came back on us. Um, and it came down to, I think, a one-yard play that kind of finishes. You know, we punch it in against Baker. We win that game um, at the end there as the clock expires, and I feel like if we punch it in on the one-yard line uh, going towards the north end zone, that maybe, you know, I don't think Kaiser lays down, but I think it's far enough out of reach in the fourth quarter where we win that ball game. So, you know, it, very eerie uh, similarities there between the two seasons. I wasn't going to mention the first-round exit in 2018 either. I was going to – could gloss over that one, but uh, 
<laughs> you know. All right, Coach. I'm going to give you magic wand, and I'm going to let you make changes. I know uh, there may have been some changes last week that I don't know about yet at AFCA, so if you like those changes, you can just, you know, you can just reveal those, and I won't, know, I won't be any the wiser. Um, I'm going to give you magic wand and let you make changes to how teams qualify for the playoffs. Um, mm. What what are you doing to the playoffs and or to how the conferences do tiebreakers and everything to to make uh, things better for the league? Uh, I you know to make it better. I I mean, there's I, don't, I know financially there's not a lot that can be done. Um, you know, I never believed in all the hoopla about that. You you got I mean at the end of the day you got to win against whoever's placed in front of you, and that's how the playoffs work. But I think it would be good to uh, to see that, you know, the way the selection committee sees the teams, we play who we're seated to play. Um, it, it seems like every year there's some sort of wonky switch up. And I get it. It's due to travel and things like that. But I think that would be the only switch up I'd like to see. Um, I'm not too privy on exactly how um, teams are rated or ranked in, in the selection committee. Um, but I've, you know, I, I would I would love if I had a magic wand to do our rankings uh, based off true strength of schedule. I think, you know, I think that really has to be a true evaluation. Obviously, uh, you win the national championship. You deserve to start off number one. Um, but, you know, if you know, some of those teams, they lose a game. Their schedule is not as strong as somebody else with a one loss team, but they don't really move. They don't really leave from that top eight. Um <clears throat> but at the same time, I think it makes our league kind of cool because, you know, you got to kind of plan ahead. You got to really try to strategize. Like, okay, this season, you got to win. You know, obviously, you want to win it all, but you want to finish ranked as high as possible so that you can kind of try to hang on to that ranking the, the following year, um, as, as opposed to actually the Raiders saying, okay, you know, kind of similar to the BCS uh, Raiders selection committee, that strength of schedule really matters. You know, TCU. You know, playing for a national champion obviously didn't turn out how, how we all, yeah, well, how, how it should be expected. But um, they, they had an opportunity because their strength of schedule and the fact that they were winning all went, went into account. Um, I would have loved to see the NAI not count NCAA um, losses against the team. Uh, I don't think that's fair. You know, obviously, financially, we need those games. And I think a lot of coaches uh, shy away from playing uh stronger schedules more competitive schedules and financially benefiting from those guarantee games in out of fear of not being able to make the playoffs uh and i, I just don't think that should be uh the case you know our, our schools are smaller and they can really benefit from those financial uh blessings playing those bigger schools and i honestly think some of our teams those higher us born in size of northwesterns i think you know us lindsey wilson I think we could compete against a lot of top teams as well or, 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 you know, higher division teams, higher level teams. Um, So I'd like to see that taken account. Uh, You know, I think we're headed in that direction. Uh, Some of the things that were discussed at the AFCA convention really have me excited. Um, You know, one of those things is the talk of expanding our playoffs. Um, I think if that happens and it not being, you know, based off of, um, you know, your loss, I think some of those teams will say, hey, you know, I, I can afford to play an FCS opponent and, and benefit my program and my institution uh, 
um, because if that's only if that's one of my three losses, you know, I still, you know, finish in the top 20 or whatever it is, expand it to, um, then I still have an opportunity to play for, for a championship. Uh, I just hope that in the future uh, we get away from that old way of thinking, you know what I mean, um, and, and really actually evaluate. You know, there's no – and I use Kaiser as the perfect example, and I'm hoping that their run to a national title – I know they ran out of juice at the end, but think about their schedule. You know, three NCAA opponents on the road, coming to number four on the road, going to number one on the road. You know what I'm saying? Their entire uh, road schedule is insane on top of playing St. Thomas, uh, who, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy there. Phenomenal football program, right? So I don't, I'm just hoping that we are moving in a direction um, where we can put a more competitive product out there by uh, by expanding our playoffs, getting ahead of the curve. I think that's where college football is going. It works in high school. It works, uh, you know, NAI. It works. I think FBS is about to go that way and expanding. So expanding our playoffs to include more teams, I think, is good. So I know that's a big magic wand, but that's kind of what that's kind of how I feel about it and, and where we could go um, as far as NAI is concerned to be better. And honestly, that's that's where I, I kind of think like having a a unified rating system, like um, like SP Plus that just started their NAI rankings this uh, this year, and they finally finished the gamut of having uh, FBS, FCS, D two, NAI, and D three all in the same kind of ranking. Now, if we can just convince them to kind of uh, be able to kind of slot teams in. Uh, and and the and the divisions against each other a little bit, you know maybe we can we can kind of get a better idea of uh, you know of 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 St. Thomas's close loss to um, Butler, I believe it was. You know that that they, that St. Thomas misses a field goal at the at the end of the game to to uh, to win that one against Butler. Um, you know, or, or Kaiser playing an, an actual honest-to-God FCS school that's, you know, no disrespect to the Pioneer teams, but there's a little bit of a difference between um, Linden, uh, Lindenwood and someone like uh, a Stetson or a Jacksonville State. Um, mm-hmm. Or no, sorry. Sorry, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville. I always get those confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I shouldn't sing that one beat my, my Seminoles, you know, and, and caused me much embarrassment. I should not forget Jacksonville State, um, like our DBs did at Florida State. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, there's, there's a difference there in, in how those teams are. And, and I think that you could almost look, I, I, I in, in my poll, I, ranked St. Thomas's loss against Butler as close as it was as effectively the same as a win. It was that close against Butler. You, you know, we, we've got to get better at, at being able to slot where these teams are in the hierarchy of things. And I think if we are able to do that, it, it will make life easier for, for teams that do decide to go out and, and play up. I agree. Yeah, there's, there's, there's got to be a better level of discernment when it comes to sliding the teams. Um, and I think something that will help with expanding the playoffs is maybe, you know, in the NAI playing, you know, different conferences, you know, the tougher teams. I'd love to play, you know, and I'm not trying to make a knock at them, but 
you know, I've always longed to play Morningside. Maybe that's because I knew it would probably be in a national championship. But I think it would be so cool because Coach Ryan's one of the greatest coaches. Like, I love when Coach Cronin was here because I learned so much playing against Bill Cronin. He's a legendary football coach. It was better for me. I, I, I yearn for that level of competition. I get to play against Chris Oliver every year. Phenomenal. I'd love to go play Matt McCarty. I have a great deal of respect for him and his program. It's only going to make us better. And I think it would be cool. I think there would be more opportunities for those crossover games um, if we were to expand the play. I think not saying that those guys are scared to do. I know they have full conferences and right. things like that, but maybe that 11th game could be, you know, us versus them, um, you know, type of deal. So, yeah, open it up. I, I know it's hard. I've, I've, you know, started thinking about, you know, you know, this time of year, you, you get the you get the fun stuff like the ACC Big Ten Big Ten basketball tournament. Man, let's 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 go week zero. Let's let's uh, let's find two conferences who can who can clear their week zero and that are regionally relevant. And let's let's schedule them up against each other and let's let's go. Let's have some fun with it. I love it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm trying to schedule a game now. I'm, I'm gonna reach out to Bethel, Kansas, because I'd love. Ooh. To do a, a battle for the hog, the house of God. That's what Bethel stands Heck for. Yeah. Uh, I'll pay for a trophy if they're if they're down to schedule a game. You are you're you're talking my language right there. I love a yeah. good trophy game. Any excuse I can find to make a trophy game, I am all for it. I'm sure Coach Stokes would, would be would be down for that. So we 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 know that if if we're not improving, we're we're falling behind. It like like I've said before, it, it don't matter what area of life you're in that's just the nature of of life so what area of of your program whether it be on the field with with your with your team specifically or, or off the field with your program in general are you looking to to really focus on and improve in in 23 uh in 23 we're i think we've, we're we're on a good trajectory we're trying to stay on that continuum of developing our culture uh, and our young men, I think that's the first and foremost. Um, so I'm really excited about our manhood program um, going forth on Monday night. So uh, we're, we're doing things, everything this year. We're switching it up. I mean, it used to be solely faith-based uh, and, and building young men uh, in a Christ-like manner, um, which we're going to continue to do. But uh, we're bringing the Tennessee Department of Health out to do a mental health uh, 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 certification for all of our players. Uh, we're going as far as, you know, etiquette training. You know, I grew up, some of these young men are like me. They grew up without a father. So we're going to learn how to tie a tie together. Uh, we're going to learn where the fort goes, how to pass the salt and pepper. Uh, we're going to have people come out and talk about um, our sports management department is phenomenal here. But they're going to come out and teach these guys how to secure internships uh, the right way. Um, and we're going to do some things of like that. So I think off the field, that's what I'm most excited about, growing uh, not not only the kids, myself, um, but I think it's going to benefit our program and make sure these kids leave or these young men leave better than when they came in. Um, offensively, um, I want to run the ball. I love to run the ball. Jay Bright, our offensive coordinator, played at Cumberland's under Coach Bland, loves to run the ball. Um, so I'd love to be able to run the ball a lot more. And so that's a little tidbit for anybody that's about to play us. But I think I don't understand that we had eight in the box all year long and we, we couldn't run the ball the way I wanted to. So. Maybe that's why I walk all through for a lot of yards. Um, defensively, I want to stay on track. Uh, just keep doing what we're doing. I think defensively, uh, we're, we're pretty phenomenal uh, in the way we do things and, and in the manner that we operate. So 
Uh, defensively, we just got to fill the holes and, and keep keep plugging, keep trucking along, and, uh, and and as a whole, as a program, is just finish. We got to learn how to finish better. I think um, if we if we finish Kaiser, who knows what happens this year? So um, I know that season's over with. So that's going to be a huge strain, being committed to finish and everything we do on and off the field. Well, coach, it's it's always a whole lot of fun and an honor to to chat with you. And uh, look, I'm I'm looking forward. To, to watching some Mid-South football. Uh, you, you know, and I know the Mid-States, Mid-East gets, gets a whole lot of love for being, for being real, real stacked, but, you know, there's, there's nothing that gets me more excited than, you know, seeing those great games, especially when you've got, you know, three or four teams out of the Mid-South that are, that are really going at it, playing hard-nosed, uh, you know, Southern-style football, uh, as, as it were. Love it. You got to love it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, Head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.